Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. And this podcast allows people to share their stories of abuse and religious trauma in various religions and cults. Some guests come on the show to discuss specific topics to educate and bring awareness. Discussions will range from purity culture, mental health, religious trauma, Christian culture, deconstruction, spirituality, and much more. Now, let's get into this episode of Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger, and I am excited to have Kevin Gilbert on the show today. He was born in Washington, and he is a son of two Indian conservative parents and is currently a college student and making money on the side. And he is coming on the show today to talk about his deconstruction journey and his experiences growing up in a high control religious environment. Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm nervous and very excited to be here. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I understand the nervousness. I think this is your first time sharing your story publicly. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you reached out to me, and I am so excited to have you on because this platform is all about giving people that opportunity to tell their story in a safe space. And so just kind of getting into your story. So you were born into a very conservative, religious Indian household. So for listeners, could you explain what that experience was like for you? It's a very interesting experience. It's it, like my parents are not like as strict anymore as they used to be. But growing up, my parents would want me to read the Bible, go to church, pray a lot. And and uh, it was a lot of like rules to follow in the Bible. Stressful at times, but... It, and yeah. what... Well, I know you talked about some of the ways they, they did do that. How did your parents convert to Christianity? So my on my dad's side, they've been uh, uh, like three, four generations of Christians. Before that, uh, my great, great, great grandfather was a Hindu before he uh, mm -hmm. converted to Christianity. So they've been Christians for quite some time. Mm -hmm. yeah. no, it's, it's interesting to me to meet people from different ethnic backgrounds and where their parents don't conform to that ethnic group's majority religion because i don't think you know christianity is not widely practiced by as many or that many people from that background it's very interesting because most of india it's all just hindus like a very small percentage of People in India are Christians, so like one to two percent are Christians, and then majority of India is like Hindus and a bunch of other religions. And uh, yeah, and I think something that is interesting to me is that how do you feel like Indian culture influenced your parents' approach to Christianity? So I think 
it's it's very interesting because they've grown up in a certain like they like their uh, upbringing is different from mine. They grew up in India a certain way, and I think that's they kind of brought it along when they brought me here to the states when I was born and. Being new to the country and all, uh, they just try to raise me in the best ways possible from what they've learned and how they're raised when they were younger, uh, growing up in Christianity and growing up in the culture and environment that they're from. Mm, yes, most definitely. And so what were some of the specific beliefs that were ingrained um, into you from a young age and how did that affect you? So it's it's not really that different from like maybe most Christians. Uh, the typical things like give your life to Christ, like read the Bible, pray, worship, uh, spend time with God, have a relationship with Him, and if you keep doing all these things and repent your sins, you'll go to heaven. So just those typical things. Nothing really out of the ordinary or anything like that. And so, how much did you actually? buy into this did you actually like wholeheartedly believe it or were there like some whether was there hesitancy in the beginning or did you doubt like how how did that look like for you yeah so it's very interesting i've been surrounded by like christians pretty much my whole life and i was actually very sheltered growing up like mm -hmm. i didn't know what an atheist was until i was 14. yeah so for a very long time i believed what my parents like taught me from what they, what they've been taught in Christianity and going to church like even though there were some uh things that didn't add up I still believed it anyway because I've been conditioned from a young age to believe everything in the Bible and mm -hmm. all the doubts I had I just put it aside because I didn't really want to necessarily make my parents upset or um, anything like that and it's very interesting because when I was at I was at church one time and I had a lot of que uh, questions that didn't add up when I was younger and the Sunday school teacher basically just like ignored my questions or wouldn't like directly like properly answer them. Like, I think I remember one time I had a question about how do you have faith or something like that? Because you need to have reasonings. Like you need to convince, like if you're trying to help someone come to Christianity or God, you need to have some good reasonings. And he just said something along the lines of, you just got to believe, or you just got to have faith that typical, you know, saying just mm. have faith. So there are just some things that didn't really add up, but I still kept following it. And I think like, I think when I was maybe a teenager, like towards the end of high school, I started having doubts and realizations and uh, things that didn't add up. And then once the pandemic hit in 2020, it gave me, it actually gave me time to think for myself because I feel like most of my life, I never got a chance to decide and think for myself. It was all in, indoctrinated and conditioned in me. And I mm -hmm. never really got a chance to think for myself. And because of the pandemic, I actually got a chance to think for myself and question what I actually believe in instead of people telling me like what to believe and how things are. I It gave me a really great chance to really think for myself. So I feel like in a way, the pandemic was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it gave me, it kind of gave me a break to uh, think things out. Mm, yes. Like I, I relate so much to that and I've heard a lot of, similar experiences because i think really the pandemic just changed everyone's lives and stopped our routines and we were so used to the same things over and over because of habit and not really thinking about it 
And so then I think that just stopping of that was really a good opportunity for a lot of really self-reflection for a lot of people. And I'm curious, what were some of the specific questions that you had that people had trouble answering or didn't give satisfactory answers? Okay, this is one very interesting question uh, that stunned a lot of my pastors or a lot of my like church counselors. So the question was, I asked them if God knows that uh, certain people are going to go to hell, why do they still create them any or create those people anyway, knowing that they're going to go to hell? And what would they say? I, I just I don't exactly remember their answers, but they would like uh, say something like because God loves them or uh, like so much they want them to live actually experience life which it still didn't make sense to me or they would just re like they'll just rephrase my questioning like mm-hmm. what do you think like <laughs> like deflect the question back to me <laughs> like i've noticed they've used that tactic over the years like they'll just i answer a question and ask a question and they deflected back to me well what mm-hmm. do you think kevin what do you <laughs> think happened to people like something along those lines so mm, i see and that's Interesting. So uh, what are some other questions you had asked? What other questions? I think things, maybe like some questions about like certain miracles and stuff, because mm-hmm. a lot of the miracles that I hear in the Bible uh, kind of defies like the law of the physics. And I just kind of, I just, I guess I just believe some of them because it's been like, I've been conditioned to believe that my whole life, but mm-hmm. It's just very confusing how things like, do you, you know, the story of Moses and like the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It's, it's things like that, like those things like kind of confuse me, things that like defy law of the physics or anything like that, or Jesus like turning water into wine. Like, I'm not saying I don't fully like believe it at all. Like I'm just questioning it. <laughs> yeah. And so how did people treat you when you started openly questioning? I think it was a bit like, it wasn't like really anything negative at first. It was more like more shock because I was probably like the first or second person to ask these questions. And people mm-hmm. were a little bit surprised because it's not every day, like people like, you know, question the authority or anything like that. So I got a bit of some uh, surprising reactions because most of the time counselors or pastors expect us to just listen to what they say and then go along with it or just uh, try to understand what they're saying. But I think I was one of the few people that actually questioned them, like more like challenged their position and they don't really come across people like me all the time. So I guess uh, it was more of a surprised or uh, interesting reaction I've got out of them. So. Yeah, I think something that I realized as I deconstructed is that these leaders kind of see themselves on like, you know, on a higher quote unquote, like spiritual status, or maybe they're, they show themselves as like having more access to God or having some kind of special spiritual knowledge. And so with that authority, authoritative role they expect people to just conform and not question and a lot of people a lot of people don't because questioning them is questioning god that's how it's equated so there's so much fear around that and i think it's great that you were still able to overcome that natural tendency to conform and not question and to really truly question that and so from the environment, 
what were there positive and negative aspects on your life or was it only negative or how was that experience like i would say most of my experiences in church and i also went to a christian school by the way a christian school mm -hmm. at home it was fairly positive i've had a few negative experiences where i was told that i would go to hell if i don't do that and as a 10 year old kid that like scared me scared the heck out of me so like i'll like like follow the i'll try my best to follow the rules of the bible kind of like a like the catholics that go by like the book fully and mm -hmm. i'll say that if i didn't uh follow you know rule by rule that i would go to hell and mm -hmm. if i think i did something wrong i would just confess my sins out of fear and i mean looking back it's it's kind of funny but uh that time when i was young it, it was very scary and i got a lot of anxiety from it oh yes understandably so and I'm assuming, was there ever talk of like having a relationship with Jesus? Uh, yes, yes, many times. And um, how did they present that? Um, it's interesting. It's I didn't fully understand what they meant by that. Uh, when the relationship, I literally thought, oh, you're actually talking with God like you would with like have another relationship with a person. But how they explained it was that uh, you pray to God um, and you read the Bible, you talk to him about your problems. And that's pretty much for the most part, how a lot of the pastors and counselors explained it, which I didn't fully get. But uh, I think from there, how they saw on how you have a relationship with God. Uh, for me, I guess, in a way, I just ghosted God, just taking a break from him. <laughs> that's how I, I, see. See. I see. And so... When you were told about a relationship, having a relationship with God or with Jesus, what was your own experience with that? I know you understood you, you didn't get it, but like, what were your emotional experiences in trying to reach that? Uh, it was quite confusing to me. Like, I didn't fully get it. How can someone you haven't seen ever mm -hmm. or uh, like at all or who's just up in the air, like, how could you like with someone you can't like really see or know at all, which kind of confused me, but I still went along with it and trust it, trusted everything my parents and all the pastors said to me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. but, uh, for the most part, it was, other than the doubting and anxiety part, it was, uh, I would say. Yeah, and so what were some of the positive aspects of that experience? Um, aspects was uh, like understanding who Jesus was and the stuff he did. Um, his like his story, the pastors giving a lot of uh, some of them were like positive uh like messages uh mm -hmm. messages and also uh the time when i was at church camp and i got uh baptized and get to christ when i was 11. okay that's dig into that a little bit so what was that experience like in that moment in that moment it felt like really great like mm -hmm like euphoria and uh like like a new person mm -hmm. at that time like i think with the worship and giving a positive message to me uh kind of made me tear up and i felt over emotional i'm like i want to give my life to christ interesting i don't know if even like this example has come up before but the emotions you feel or your experience in a church when you're like in worship or prayer or having like uh the pastor's preaching to you, it's actually very similar to the feelings I get when I'm at a festival or I'm at a like a rock concert. 
Mm, okay. Yes. I mean, I, I love how bringing up the their experiences of that because that is something that people have said before, and I and I think really? it's important to understand when you're stuck in that religious environment, you can't compare it to anything else. So you think that emotion is special or attributed to God in a sense. And as I've deconstructed and done research, I realized, you know, especially like in group settings like that, emotions are contagious, no matter the people you're around. Yeah, of course. And so it really, in a sense, it's like a social contagion of these emotions and so when you see people also like for example in a religious service like crying and being emotional or screaming or doing whatever contagious and you see people going up that that's also going to pressure you to go up too and i think it also gives this sense of like unity or community in a sense feeling that together and i think for me as I deconstructed, I realized I'm like, okay, like some of these religious things that they're talking about, I think it has the potential where it could help us connect with a part of ourselves and quiet our mind. But I think sadly in high control religion, it also demonizes us. So it also teaches us that, you know, any part or every part of us is bad or evil. So I think that's where that possible deeper connection we could have with ourselves stops because it demonizes that. And so we're yeah. taught to be less of ourselves and to um, be more like Jesus, which, you know, like you were saying, like a lot of Jesus' teachings are great and very helpful. And don't I don't love that he condemned people to hell, but <laughs> I think there are positive stories. And that was something that when I got out, I realized that, a lot of the church or high control religion or strict focuses on a lot of rules and a lot of Paul's teachings. And a lot of there are these Christians who know a lot about the Bible and Christianity, but they really desperately lack in love. Could Did you believe, oh, I can be a good person and do good things without conforming to this or without believing this? Yeah, I think whether you're a Christian or not, people can still do good things. Like just because you're not like a Christian or let's say believe in God doesn't make you like a bad person. Because like I know plenty of people who are like Muslim or atheists who are very good people. And um, I haven't had too many negative experience, but the, some of the toxic Christians I've come across were like way worse than people I've known uh, that were not of any organized religion or in per se or anything like that. Uh, I think the toxic Christians that I've come across, I think they don't really understand the other, like there are two sides to every story. So like mm -hmm. if they see someone that doesn't necessarily go their lifestyle or like their way of living life according to the Bible and God, um, they just, you know, belittle them and they don't, they've never really been in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. So I think mm -hmm. that's what's not just toxic, but all Christians should understand. They should understand the outside person's like point of view and understand where they're coming from. And so mm. just you know, saying, you're going to go to hell. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like, no. Mm. Yes. Yes. I think the judgment is something a lot of us have experienced. And so for you, what, as you left, what were the emotional and possible like traumatic impacts from that high control environment on your life uh 
it's really interesting actually it felt almost like a withdrawal mm-hmm. like the feeling you get from like withdrawing from drugs or like from like social media like it, it felt it's like was more like a big withdrawal because i was so used to it like most of my life, church was my main other than school and stuff it was my main like what do you call it, community like where you'd see people and stuff and i thought mm-hmm. that was the only place where you can get a sense of community but in fact you can get a sense of community or be around people not just at church there's other places like clubs or the gym or social events and other things like that so when i stopped going to church altogether it was one big emotional roller coaster for me and uh it i felt like very alone like very alone and very depressed like no one was with me so this deconversion was i felt like i was alone on my journey how did you find community and maybe find a sense of purpose again outside of christianity where where did you find that um i'll say the gym i uh when after i left i didn't have like i had a lot of time on my hands so i i did a lot of jobs on this uh during those times and uh talked with people in the gym went to social events um and then besides that i just stayed at home much all the time and kind of like boring and depressing because i'm because that church community that I was the only community out there, all I've ever known. So that's what I did after I left church. Mm, I see. And so I know you're also a college student still, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, gotcha. So you found community through college or? Yes. Um, yeah, I found community through college. Um, there's a group I go to. I don't really go that often because I'm not like, I don't really consider myself like a super religious person anymore. Um, but once in a while, if we want to talk about like the Bible, like only I only only do it for educational. But it was very interesting because once so there and uh, I thought I'd be the only like ex or like non-Christian there. But there's atheists, there is a Muslim, there is a uh, and sorry, what what college? Is- so I currently go to Bellevue College right now. OK, so is that I get is that a religious college then? A public college, actually. Public college. OK, yeah. got you. I see. So you were saying that you st- you were still go to church every once in a while, or yeah. So I I think on is probably the only times I go now. Uh, other than that, I don't really go to church or anything, uh, or I just go to the, uh, you know, church group with uh, at at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only did it because I didn't when I went to BC. I didn't have like a lot of like you know friends or anything, and. Uh, my dad like strongly rec- he didn't like force me or anything, but he strongly recommended I go. And I only I went because I didn't really have much of a socialized, so I just went uh, because I could find any other. And I went really great people and had some very interesting conversations. But all of them are going to understand like Jesus and try to give their life to them, from what I know at least. But mm-hmm. uh, I only went just to make friends and also just for an edu- educational purposes to understand different people's perspectives and on religion and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I know you are still living with your parents. So what has that been like for you um, in your deconversion journey? It's uh, very interesting. It's when I've left the expected reaction, I, I knew was going to happen. My parents were very pissed off about it. They're, they're very angry. 
mm-hmm. they, they felt like they like they honestly felt like they failed as parents when I told them I didn't want to be Christian anymore because it just wasn't my just, it just wasn't for me and I consider myself a Christian if I don't follow, like all the things of a Christian lifestyle so it, it was I think the first three four months it was very frustrating for them and they said that we're going to stop church if you, if if you're going to stop and I said well I'm not going anywhere at all it's it's just not for me anymore um and and then I, I think they're still upset like they're slowly starting to accept that I've deconverted and I don't really want much to do with Christianity so um but occasionally they do bring it up and talk about it uh and try to convince me to go to church and if not they just go to church without me mm. well I'm glad I'm glad they're not making you so I know because that can happen of course. Yeah. I, it's, I see. Yeah. Those first few months were like a roller coaster of emotions. And to me, that's looking, but doesn't make sense about all this indoctrination that happens from an early age. And it's just expected that the child just accept it and they'll take it on as their own, but it doesn't work for everyone. And that is. You know, if you're going to believe something, you really, you have to believe as you actually want to be a part of it, not because you have to, not because you're forced or you're so, you have to be so dependent on it. And, and, you know, there's still, there's so many different approaches to Christianity, like who's to say that one way is the right way yeah. to approach Christianity. And again, like, who, you know, no one should ha- be forced to have to conform or accept a religion, period. And so what big lessons that you've learned as you deconverted? Big lessons. Um, it's a bit of a, it's a very hard process. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it would be easy because when I was in Christianity, I would sometimes skip church or the first hour I'll just leave. Um, but when I fully stopped going, it felt like a big withdrawal. Like it was such a big shock because mm-hmm. the big part of my life because that's all I've ever known that was the only way of life I knew so and I completely stopped going it was very hard like it just felt like a part of me like died like it it's really complicated it felt like a part of my identity just went away like mm, I, I I know I know what you mean I remember when I officially like admitted to myself that I was deconverting it is an emotional withdrawal because in a sense those religious ceremonies and those practices they do give you this emotional high it gives you that feeling of certainty and it can give you that feeling of purpose at times or feeling special and having that sense of unity in those highly emotional services and when you don't have that stimulus anymore you know, your brain and body have to adjust. But I think for a lot of us, we realize that the negatives outweighed uh, the perceived positives of the environment. Like, even though, yes, you have those high emotional feelings, you're like, oh, well, I'm not growing as a person. I'm not being challenged to think critically. And I'm not really growing because I have to fit into this ideology and I can't express myself and I can't be authentic. So I think there are different aspects to that environment that you're like, this is really harmful. And thankfully that withdrawal does go away. But as with kind of any drug in a sense, 
um or addictive addictive behavior yeah it takes time for your mind and body to adjust when you live a different life and are there are there any other lessons that you learned in your journey Mm, that you you might lose people along the way because i've lost a couple friends and lost a couple people i i used to be in touch with and uh let's see negative criticism from people who know you very well a lot of questions people uh what else it's mostly i feel like this is most of the time but it's kind of a journey you have to do by yourself Mm. and you can get help along the way too if you have uh like close friends with you or like a counselor or something like that but i didn't have any of that and all my friends moved out or and like out of state so i I didn't really have time to talk to me so it was mostly me and my thoughts all alone what advice do you have for people who are on this journey so the advice i have for people who are uh deconstructing or uh consider like leaving i think what you should do is find trust who can you who you can openly talk to and if you have a group of people who you know will love accept you for who you are i think you should open to them and share your um your true open thoughts because what i did is i bottle up all my emotions and that was like the worst thing it, it really negatively affected me so i think if you were to open up and if you feel way better than if you just bottle up up inside and another thing i would recommend for someone if they're deconverting uh is if you are in an uncomfortable environment or in a toxic with in a toxic church or with people um try to leave that place uh, if you're able to, or have a uh, plan uh, to leave uh, that toxic environment. I actually have a story I want to share, if that's cool, real quick. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, well, not really my story, but another uh, person's story. I was watching a video of uh, this guy uh, who was from a con- very conservative uh, church and jobs and small community he was in was all connected to the church and Christianity. And he had a wife. And like that, but he's actually gay, and he was so much in um, mm-hmm. silence, and he wanted to leave that community, and uh, he didn't know what to do. So uh, basically, uh, I don't remember what show was on, but uh, basically, people advising he to come up with a plan just to leave, or before you just tell your wife that, because the thing is, in his specific uh, circumstance, if he were to do that, he could lose a job, he could lose his house, um, he could have been homeless. So. Mm-hmm. I like this is a, like in a very case, but in extreme circumstances like that, uh, you need to plan, come up with a, a plan, for, uh, plans to move out, uh, trying to look for people that are going to be accepting and loving for you uh, of certain com- in certain communities. So just in that case, you need to have that. But in general, if you're in you know cases like that where you risk of losing everything, being in a very toxic community or a toxic like religious you know environment, you have a plan. And once you've developed your plan and prepared everything then uh you can leave so that's what uh, that's just one interesting story i've heard about to bring up Mm, yes is great advice and i've greatly enjoyed this conversation is there anything that you would like to talk about in your journey Hmm. i would say the after effect of all this like the aftermath Mm. i feel like even though I had some good experiences, uh, I've also had negative experience. Like I have like a lot of anger and anxiety problems uh, from the church and just the stuff I've been taught 
because of all that stuff, I do have some anxiety issues till this day, which I need to figure out. And I don't have much of this fear anymore, but I still sometimes in the back of my head, I have the fear that I would go to hell and be tortured forever for all of eternity mm-hmm. if I'm not living a certain way or I'm not doing this exact thing that a Christian like lifestyle is supposed to be. Mm, I think that that is something that is a, a big struggle and it's real to so many people who are experiencing that and it's, it's so awful environment indoctrinates you with that really harmful theology and yeah and i hope that you can find the resources that you need to deal with that yeah thank you i think as of right now i'm just more like relaxed now like i'm like more non-religious so i don't mm-hmm. really i like i think about god like i i believe that he exists it's just that i'm not like a very religious like person like i'm just like going through life just doing my thing uh, maybe about God once in a while, but that, that's about it for the most part. And occasionally, if I do come out, come along the uh, church groups in school or some of my Christian friends, we would have a conversation about it occasionally. But other than that, that's that's about it. I'm just living my life. Mm, mm, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and just, yeah, like the bravery of just sharing your story and the courage. Like I commend you for that because I know it's not easy at all to talk about and it can be such a help to other people. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you very much. I I was really happy to be here and and it's nice nice meeting you too. Yes, it's so great to meet you too. I'm glad um, we could connect. And for people listening, you can connect with Kevin on social media, and I'll link that below. Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Your support is much appreciated. Please leave a review and share with friends and family. And if you can, please support me on Patreon, and the link is in my description. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger.